It's the Dogcast, episode number 217, Georgia versus Auburn, the oldest rivalry in the South. And, um, I don't know. What else is going on? Oh, yeah. Um, three Tennessee volunteer players charged with armed robbery. Hey, dog fans, this is Derek calling in from the bunker. Listen, this is just a little pre-segment because this just fell in my lap, and I'm so happy to report this news to you. Uh, Old Dog and I actually did the show last night, and we're going to get to that in about 60 seconds, but I'm actually adding this in at the beginning of the show because I'm just delighted with it. You know, uh, Lane Kiffin it can be called a lot of things, and uh, Loudmouth and... and you know, his whole persona just rubs me the wrong way. But one of the things that we've talked about is how he takes, the, he, you know, he's willing to take anybody. He'll do anything. He'll gloss anything over, any kind of player with any kind of history. And he's constantly talking about, about how good they are and how great they are. There was an article yesterday on the UT website about this kid, Jansen Jackson, who's just happy to have his past swept under the rug, and he's had a little suspension, and he's moving on. That article came out yesterday, and then last night, these rocket scientists, the same kid who gave the interview said he was just glad that the coaches had overlooked his past. Jansen Jackson, Michael Edwards, and the golden boy, Newkeese Richardson, they knocked off a pilot station on Cumberland Avenue with guns and UT football apparel. They were wearing their UT football gear while brandishing guns, knocking off a gas station. <laughs> I'm telling you what, it don't get much better than that. When it comes to, you know, I'm telling, what, what is, the, what am I looking for here? Um, you know, uh, welcome to irony. You know, I mean, this is the, the ultimate in irony. I just love that uh, Kiffin talks about how good his boys are and how, you know, what a disciplinarian he is when we obviously know he's not a disciplinarian. And now he's got <laughs> players knocking off pilots wearing damn football jerseys and carrying guns. It's fantastic. It really puts the whole felony baby touching and, uh, you know, uh, misdemeanor alley emergence and, you know, scooters in the wrong way and my driver's license was expired. It really puts that kind of stuff in perspective, you know? I mean, hey, we've got kids illegally coming out of alleys. They got a bunch of armed robbers on the team. Good job there, Kiffy. Now, on with the Auburn pregame show. All right, dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number 217. Me and old dog here in the bunker getting ready for the South's oldest rivalry. My One of my favorite games of the year, old dog. Huge game against the Auburn Tigers slash Plainsmen slash War Eagles. Well, it's it's one of mine, too. I mean, we've, you know, gone travel down to Auburn many a time, been hosed down there, uh, sewn up a 
couple SEC championships on that field too. Look so. at the sugar falling from the sky. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I just like Auburn. I mean, and, I, I, and come on, guys, hunker down one more time. Some yeah. of Larry's greatest calls. Watch the clock run out on Auburn while they were trying to score on us. Yeah, you know? and there's been some great games at Auburn and some great games at Georgia. There's also been some brutally bad games at Georgia. And it always reminds me of Michael Johnson, the Auburn killer. Yes. And, you know, can you believe it's been two years since the blackout, like the first official real blackout? Two years, man. Yeah. It doesn't seem like two years to me. No, it seems a lot longer than that. And black has certainly lost a lot of its color, uh, too. Yeah, it's not nearly as sexy as it was after no. that first Auburn game, is it? That's a fact. Oh, but, you know, I, I, this might not be the most appropriate time to say it, but I really, I just like Auburn. When we're not playing Auburn, they're probably my favorite SEC team left in the rest of the in the conference, you know? Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. I like Auburn fans. I like the team. I, you know, they're they're just a team. I don't have I don't have anything against them. No, and their shade of orange is about the only one I can stand. Yeah, that, that it's got that burnt thing going on. It's something, you know? something about it. Well, you know, but this, it is. I mean, it. You know, it. I tell you, it reminds me a lot uh, of the Clemson rivalry too. Back when we used to play Clemson every year. You know, the schools are so close. Uh, usually, if you're if you're in school. You went to high school with people that are at the other university, and it's just it's kind of like a game in the backyard mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. I, you know, I've got no animosity towards the Auburn people at all. Right, I agree. I agree. That's what I, that's what I, I feel. You know, I just have good feelings about Auburn. I mean, even when they get pissed at us, they shoot water. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it was cold water though. It was cold water. Yeah. You're right. So. You know, this is the first time since 1991 that we've played Auburn, and neither team has been ranked. 1991, old yeah. dog. 31 out of the last 32 years, Auburn has Auburn or Georgia won at least has been ranked coming. And into in this most game. cases, both of us. Yeah, you're right. You know, for the for the last little bit, I mean, uh, you know, we do have the Ray Golf years in there, but and you know, uh, even under Donnan, you know, a lot of the time we were ranked. Well, you know, last year we slogged out a 17 to 13 win against them. You know, they were basically run out the clock on the Tuberville era. Um, we weren't very impressive last year. You know, very workmanlike victory. You know, AJ Green took us ahead with about eight minutes to go in the yeah. fourth, and um, you know, it was a very underwhelming game. But uh, this year, it. it you know, this game has no conference significance. It has no national significance. And still, it feels like a pretty big game. Yeah, Auburn, well, and I mean, and it, it should be significant to to the schools. Uh, you know, and, and really, this is kind of one of those defining games. I mean, you know, if you, if you believe what you read and, and you listen, uh, you know, we're a team on the downhill side. And uh, Auburn may actually be coming up a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, well, it's a chance for, I tell you, it's a chance for our coaching staff and our players to kind of right the ship a little bit. I mean, other than, you know, feeling good about beating Tennessee Tech, uh, you know, we've pretty much had our ass handed to us by every big SEC team we've played. Yeah, no doubt about it. But, um, you know, Auburn is 7-3. and three. They've played 10 games in a row. This will be their 11th game in a row this year. 
Um, they've got a lot of deep, they've got a lot of injuries, you know, and I mean, you know, they're, they've got to be a little bit tired. They yeah. haven't had as tough a schedule as we've had, but they have, like I said, played 10 games in a row. Uh, when you look at their schedule, when you look at their wins and losses this year, the first thing that I think jumps out at me is the fact that they are a lot better at home than they are on the road, which is a change since the Tuberville era. Gene Chiswick seems to not be able to get them up for games on the road as well as Tuberville used to. Yeah, but of course, you know, this series, you know, even before Tuberville came along when Die was there, has always kind of been you know, except in the last couple of years, a uh, an away game series. You're right. You're right. But I, that's my that's the reason I'm making this point is because this Auburn team seems to not be playing into that tradition, so, at least with what they've done so far this year. Right. Um, and I, I guess that's just me being wishful thinking and hoping a little bit, you know. But they've definitely been a lot better at home. When you look at their stats – you know, their stats on offense, I mean, I think they're the number one ranked overall offense in the SEC. But the lion's share of that performance by far has come on their home turf. Same thing with the defense, even though their defense isn't very highly regarded. Right, no, no. I mean, believe it or not, their defense is actually rated worse than ours. Yes, I and have noticed that. And there are not many teams in the SEC that we can say that about. Hell, there ain't many teams in the United States that we can say that about. No, that, you're right. I so, mean, when you're in the 120s, you're uh, pretty much scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, but you know, the good news, I think, for the dogs this weekend is that, our, you know, Al, I mean, Auburn is uh, ranked ninth. They're ninth in pass defense. And their defensive backs, in general, are pretty small. And they've got a lot of injuries, especially on the defensive side of the ball and in the defensive backfield. Um, you, you and I were talking before the show about their defensive backs. I think the tallest one they got, well, they have a kid who's 5'9", and they've got a kid who's 5'11". Yeah. Um, and they've had some and injuries, I, and they're getting worse. What do you think about that matchup this weekend? Well, you know, I mean, I'm... I'm hoping that our size will be an advantage to us. Uh, you know, AJ's six four. Uh, Mike Moore, I think, is six two. King is six one. You know, on paper, we should have an advantage there, like so many teams do against our runs that mm-hmm. we've got back in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Coach Rick has said, you know, these these guys are, are good leapers. Yeah. So, you know, maybe there's something there, although I've seen A.J. do some pretty good leaping. I mean, you know, again, you got a guy 6'4 going against a guy 5'9". We ought to be able to light his him up all night long. Right. Well, I agree with that. And, you know, A.J. is back, having missed the first game since he's been playing tackle football. A.J. Green is back and rested and ready to go. And uh, I'm very excited about that. Very excited about that. Going up against this less-than-stellar pass defense that Auburn's got, I'm excited about what Green and King and Rontavious Wooten and those kind of guys and Michael Moore could do against this defense. If if Joe Cox has the kind of game you know, we need to You know to what have. I hope they're doing, Derek? I hope they're doing a lot of damn blocking for Washon Ely. You hope they're doing a lot of downfield blocking. Boy, that, how, did, how did I not see that coming? That's what I would love for them to be doing. Well, I tell you what, then. I'm glad you brought that up because that brings me – I've got – I've really only got two keys to the victory this week. There's only two things we need to do, in my opinion, to win this game, old dog. Do you want to kick off the keys to the victory segment of the show? 
Well, or, do you, I, or do you want me to? You can start. Let, let me do it, because my number one key to the victory this week is run the ball. We wow. have got to be successful at running the ball. We need to use the run to open up the pass, and we've got to make them believe in our running game. Coach Searles is going to be uh, trying to keep this offensive line gelled together, try to co- try to cobble together the best offensive line we've had all year, even though they're going to still be pulling boys when they have penalties against them. I don't think they're going to be pulled for the whole series, and uh, hopefully our offensive line will tighten up. You know, Tennessee Tech last week, by the way, I want to talk to, about this thing that Tennessee Tech was doing where they were mimicking the Joe Cox uh, did you see that where they were doing the – evidently, Tennessee Tech was like just parroting back Joe Cox's cadence, and that was what mm-hmm. was screwing our boys up. And they actually pointed well, out to the refs during the game, but uh, Penn Wagers wasn't having it. So so your your feeling is that our team had actually had a metamorphosis before the Tennessee Tech game, and we weren't going to have any penalties at all on false starts, and these evildoers just started mimicking Joe Cox. That's not what I'm saying, but I do, I am I mean, saying. I, I tell you what, it, it's it's a nice little story, and, uh, <laughs> you know, if you kiss a frog, it may turn into a prince, too. Listen. But uh, <laughs> our problems... Our problems on the offensive line in jumping off sides and false starts go a whole lot deeper than Tennessee Tech mimicking, mimicking Joe Cox. Listen, old dog, you just blow up. You just you just blew up I'm, my warm I'm fuzzy. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I mean that. And, and that was after that I. That is mean, just that is just so much BS. I mean, it, I, I, I'm I'm offering the olive branch and setting out my number one key of the victory is being run the ball. It and, is. And there and, you are. You're just gonna blow me up on my warm fuzzy for the offensive I'm, line. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I do. I do believe that. And if Tennessee Tech had remained silent on the line, we would have had no a lot less penalties. penalties. Well, number one key to the victory is run the ball and run the ball convincingly. We need a heavy dose of Washon Ely and Caleb King, whatever it takes. If they want to run Brandon Smith into wild dog, if they want to run however they want to get the ball to Brandon Smith, I'm cool with that too. Me too. As long as he doesn't put the stinking ball on the ground. Key to the victory number two, and this is the one I think, honestly, I think this is the one that's gonna the game is going to hinge on, is going to be turnovers. Old dog, Auburn is only plus four on the season in turnovers. But everyone knows what our number is. You know, what, we're minus 13 or something like that right. on the season. And, and their quarterback, this Todd kid, uh, doesn't go downfield a lot but he has only thrown three interceptions. Right. I mean, we do three interceptions in a game. So, I mean, you know, that's, I'm telling you, yeah. we are going to – because we haven't even got to Auburn's offense yet. We haven't started talking about Coach Gus's offense. But with the kind of offense that Auburn runs and the kind of defense that Georgia runs, we absolutely cannot afford – to lose the turnover battle this week against Auburn. I don't know how many we can afford to have, but we need to have less than Auburn. I can tell you that right none, now. None would be great. Yeah, none would be great. I Absolutely. mean, I'm not even, you know, I'm not even saying let's, let's switch fields and actually have more takeaways than we do giveaways. I'd be happy if, if we just 
didn't lose the ball ourselves. Right, just no giveaways. Just no giveaways. Well, I'm telling you, that's going to be critical. That is going to be critical. And I know we say that every week, and we kind of say tongue-in-cheek, hey, no turnovers, no penalties. But I'm telling you, this this Auburn offense, ranked number one in total offense in the SEC, is has been widely reported this week. And, Old Dog, I know you're ready to go into this a lot deeper, but this defense, this offense is Willie Martinez's nightmare. Because, as you said, Domingo, they're not going deep. They're, they're not no. even going to try to get behind us. They're going to throw 700 passes, and all of them are going to be seven yards or less. And they're yeah. going to do it over and over and over. I mean, this is and, – and I think anyone with any sense at all knows that Martinez is gone at the end of the season. Um, But this is going to be a real watershed game for him, and it really is. I mean, this is a one where he he needs to put this on his resume somewhere because Auburn's offense does everything that that we're poor against. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they run a lot of play action. They run bootlegs, and I mean, Lord knows we all remember what Tennessee did with that. Mm-hmm. They run bubble screens. They throw, you know, they they do a lot of misdirection. You know, they'll go one way, throw back across the field. It's stuff that just eats us alive. It's that kind of schoolyard playground pickup football kind of stuff, right? And, that, and it's the kind of it's the kind of offense where if you don't stay where you're supposed to do, play your position, and not run around the field like a chicken with its head cut off, that you are just going to get eaten alive. And, the whole the whole flying around after the ball kind of thing. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, and, and I think we're going to see just right off on the first series, there is absolutely, and, and you mentioned it earlier, these folks don't throw deep. There is no reason at all for our defensive backs to be given their receivers any kind of cushion. Right. And I'm telling you, if we do, and with our lack of tackling ability, they are going to eat our lunch, and it's going to be it's going to be another Arkansas or South Carolina game all over again where it's going to be a score in the 40s somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're not going to win a whole lot more of those. We... Willie really has to, and, you know, he's had two weeks to do it because I don't think he shouldn't have had to spend a lot of time on the defense against Tennessee Tech. He has got to come out with something different than his base defense that we've been running all year that is just getting burned constantly. Yeah. And like I say, this is, you know, this their offense plays right into our weaknesses. There's no doubt about it. And like you said, this being a watershed game, that's a good thing to say. Because really, this offense is going to force Willie Martinez to do things he doesn't want to do. Force him to may do things he doesn't... May not know how to do. May not know how to do. You're right. Like exactly coach. right. But I'm telling you, this guy, uh, Gus Malzahn, is a... I mean, he, he you know, he's coming... He's like... He's the hot new thing in offense right now. And this offense is insane. It moves fast... They they do a lot of kind of no huddle speed call the play at the line and like it feels a lot you know 
like you said, bubble screens, counters. They run all kinds of crazy little things, misdirections and stuff, you know? Right, and and unlike us who, you know, we may spend 10, 12 seconds at the line pointing in different directions and calling, these guys don't change the play. Yeah. They get up there, and, and their average, they are averaging snapping the ball within five or six seconds after it's signaled ready for play. Yeah, they run so, a, They run almost 80 plays. In a lot of games, they've run 80 plays on offense. Yeah, so we need to be, I mean, we need to be sharp on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need to be lollygagging around and, you know, beating our chest and, and worrying about what we did on the last play. Uh, we need to get ready for the next play. Yeah, absolutely. And we can't do a lot of substitutions either. Which uh, you know everybody's got to be on their toes this week, man. Yeah, and and I'm all for that. Well, I mean, yeah, because, you know the whole substitution thing. We've talked about that before. That's just craziness. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, plus the the good news is, uh, Gus doesn't have the kind of playmakers on the ball like like he's had, or you know, he he doesn't have a Darren McFadden or a Felix Jones like he had when he was at Arkansas. Um, you know, the probably the brand name player he's got back there is Ben Tate, who was entering his. Is he in, is he in 14th this, or 15th year at Auburn, I believe. I'm not sure. I know he's on the Lawyer Tillman plan. I'm not sure. I'm going to think it's the 14th year, though. I think he's playing in his 14th season for Auburn. I do know that he has a kid who is uh, you know, about to be an early commit and, and is going to be on campus soon. So uh, Ben Tate you know, has a lot of experience for, for the Tigers and has been in the program for a while. I mean, he's on his third head coach he now. He does. He's... he's He's actually been at Auburn longer than Coach Rick has been at Georgia. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean he's ben, on his third head coach, man. Penn State has two starts against the Jim Donnan team. <laughs> so what are you going to say, man? He's on the Lawyer Tillman plan. There's he no knows doubt. us. He knows us, and we know him. So you know what you're getting in, in, a, in a Ben Tate kind of game. But um, – it really is going to be a watershed game for Willie Martinez. I think the offense is going to be able to take care of business and do what they need to do. I don't know if we have the offense that we had against South Carolina and Arkansas that put up 40 or 50 points, but I do think our offense is serviceable. Uh, the number one thing is going to be we cannot turn the ball over. We've got to run, and we've got yeah. to play the best defensive game we've had all year. Right, and I hope it is not and it doesn't evolve into a game like the South Carolina game, like the Arkansas game, where we're throwing every down. Because we need to control the ball. And the other thing is we need to keep our defense off the field as much as we can because these guys are quick. They run. You said they're averaging 80 plays a game. The last thing we need is for our poor tackling defense to be tired out there. Right, and for God's sake, if we get, let's just say, I don't know, let me just let me just make up a scenario here, old dog. Stop me if you've heard this one. Let's just say we've got, I don't know, a four, five point lead. Uh, there's less than a minute to go in the game, and Auburn has like a fourth down and fifteen or sixteen yards to go. Would it be possible, do you think, for us to maybe get a safety deep or something and maybe try to stop them from scoring a touchdown on 4th and 15? I think that would be great if we could do that. It, that it would. 
So uh, you know, let's just let's play with let's play with our heads on defense. Let's just play smart football. Stay at home. Make your tackles and get off the field. Yeah, and and be on the line. Don't give these receivers any breathing room Mm-mm. because they don't. And I mean, and they're not. Their offense and and the way Malzahn sets up too. I mean, and this kid's not. I mean, he's only completing a little over fifty percent of his passes, and they're short. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he's going downfield. And I mean, he's not that good at, at quarterbacking. But the thing is, he's not going through progressions either. I mean, when they get to the line of scrimmage, he knows who he's going to throw to, and he throws it to that guy no matter what, or he eats the ball. Right. When they when they do throw, and you know, it, when Tate's not. So, you know, I just go back to the thing: they're not going. I mean, we've got Brandon Boykin. And Brandon Smith out there. Who in the hell is going to run past those guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, really. I mean, we've got you know what we've got closing speed. Yeah, we and and we need to use that. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, we need to be on the damn line of scrimmage with these people and jam Let's them up. Try that because what we're doing sure ain't working. Well, I, I hear you, buddy. I hear you. And I'll tell you, if you look at the games that we've played, I mean, the comparison games, the head-to-head games, I mean, Auburn got – they went to Arkansas, and, you know, they, they put up 23 points against Arkansas. We put up 52 points at Arkansas. Well, Same we had state. to. I know we had to, but, I mean, and we could, you know? Yeah. So um, if you look at the if you look at the head-to-head games, I mean, Auburn went to Tennessee and won. We went to Tennessee and got killed. And then in the rubber match, uh, you know, we played LSU pretty damn close. LSU beat Auburn pretty good. Auburn only had 193 yards against LSU. We had close to 300 yards against LSU. So, I mean, I think we match up good against these guys, and I'm hoping that the home field advantage will actually wow. help us this year. Now, I'm hoping the home field does. I, I mean, I disagree with you. I don't think we match up well with them worth a damn. Uh, I, I know. <laughs> On, uh, well, you know. I, I mean, don't mean that. I, and, I don't, and I don't, and, and in turn, I don't think they match up well with us either. I mean, I think if we needed to and had to, we could probably hang 50 on these guys. I'm just hoping we're not in a situation where we've got to beat them 52 to 45. You're right. You're right. And I mean, I don't mean to say we're match up. I I don't mean we. I mean, as a team, I think we can stay with these guys. I think we can play with these guys. That's what I mean. I mean, I you know, and and I agree to the point that I think we have got we're at least on par athletically with these guys, and right. I think probably superior in many. In many of our positions, it's just are we going to be able to perform? Right. That that's the key, man. That is the critical. That that is exactly what it comes down to. And that's what we're going to have to find out this weekend. You know, it's a night game. Fans, you need to get to Athens sooner rather than later. Secure your parking space as soon as possible. It's and been for raining. For God's sakes, whatever you do for a night Auburn game, do not park in a parking deck. Yeah, you're taking I don't your care life if they pay hand. you to park your car there. Do not do it. Because you will never get home. You will still be in the parking deck when we do the pregame show for Kentucky next week. I mean, you, you will never get home. So, you never get out. 
so think about that. Think closely about where you're going to park and try to stay away from the decks. It's been raining this week. It was actually overcast today. It's, it quit raining this afternoon, um, even though it was still overcast, really windy. Um, the boys are out there practicing. Our defensive backs are, are practicing their specialty around the shoulder pad tackle. Um, Rennie Curran looked like a beast in practice today. Our receivers look great, and our defensive backs look terrible. But wow. It's a coaching thing. I, that's, I'm just going to tell you, it's a coaching thing. When you watch our defensive backs in practice out of the Woodruff Fields, they, it, you know, even when they're not doing a tackling drill, it's just, you know, you practice the way you play, old dog. And our guys, the way they practice is uh, hit at the shoulder pads, you know, put put your helmet on top of his shoulder and uh, just kind of, I don't know, do some kind of crazy little dance with him or something. Yeah. And try to yeah. wrestle him to the ground. And, you know, along those lines, and this is something totally, totally off of the Auburn game, but, but I do think just talking about our tackling fundamentals and stuff with our defensive backs, I could not wait last year for Asher Allen to leave. Right. I mean, I thought it would actually help our DBs and, and our defense. And... It, it goes back to what we have been talking about. Asher Allen is doing well in the NFL yes. and playing on a winning team. And is actually, it, it goes back to what we have said before. We have the athletes. They don't lose their athletic ability when they get there. We are just not teaching these kids the proper way to tackle. Mm-hmm. And and that's Willie Martinez' philosophy. We went through the same crap with Bill Lewis years and years ago. He didn't have a clue, and Martinez doesn't have a clue either. They have an idea. They think the way they're teaching is the right way, but it isn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just – I'm throwing an apology out to Asher Allen. Yeah. And, and, as, as he and, maybe, and maybe Prince Miller. He is will turn out to be a decent uh, <laughs> Maybe he will. A, a decent pro. And Prince, Rashad Jones. Prince Miller, captain this week, by the way. I knew you, I know you like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll just have to find out. But I, I want to say one more thing about something we covered earlier in the season, too, about coaching comfort level. You remember we talked a couple shows ago about how maybe Coach Rick needs to just – we need some guys to be a little more scared. You know, people on Nick Saban's staff, people on Urban Meyer's staff, there's no complacency. You know, we, we had this big talk about complacency a couple of weeks ago. And I'm just telling you, I talked to a few coaches this week, and I'm telling you, you might think I'm crazy, but there is no complacency on this staff. These guys, for whatever for whatever it's worth, I'm just telling you, on both sides of the ball, our coaching staff is scared to death. <laughs> I mean, it's a, to a man, if you talk to assistant coaches at the University of Georgia, every single one of them thinks they're getting fired. Every single one of them is on the bubble. Every single one of them is worried. Um, and that was a, that was a surprise to me, to be honest with you. That was really a surprise to me. But there, I'm telling you what, I just want to I just want to go on the record and tell you guys, there is no complacency amongst this staff. They are, for better or for worse, working their butts off and trying to fix every single thing that we all know is wrong with the program. I mean, and some guys are having varying levels of success, but I'm just telling you, 
everybody from Willie Martinez and Mike Bobo on down is really busting their tail and really worried that Coach Rick is going to pull the axe at the end of this season. Well, and, you know, and they possibly could be, you know, hearing all the rumblings, too, and, you know, fans like to do that. But, you know, granted, some of these guys are going to have to go. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, I'd, Rick would be Rick would be putting his own job in jeopardy, I think, if he uh, – If, if he at does. the end of the season, if, if we start next season with Martinez, Van Hallinger, and Fabris on his staff, then I think he has made a tremendous mistake. Well, it, it, well, and, and yeah, and, and I'm going to say Fabris. I mean, Fabris has. We've had some very good defensive ends under Coach Fabris's watch, and maybe he just needs to go back to coaching defensive ends. Although we're not stellar there this year, we've got some real good raw talent. Mm-hmm. But we definitely have got to get a special teams coach and go. someone where it's not a. Uh, you know, it's not something they've hindered it with. Right. You know, like you know, like whoever whoever draws to short straws got to coach special teams too. Right. Kind of thing. Well, there you go. I mean, you know, I just I just want to get out there because I mean, and I'm telling you, I was surprised, and I just want to tell everybody that I was surprised about that because I I was just really surprised at the level of anxiety amongst the coaches. So um well you know I'm hoping no one's complacent when you're 5 and 4. Yeah. And it, you know and you're and you're hanging your hat on beating a 1AA team. Yeah. Who by the way Auburn beat another 1AA team worse than we beat ours. Mhm. Mhm. Well, we're going to find out this weekend. Late yep. kickoff Auburn oldest rivalry in the south. We got to go and get it done against the Tigers, the War Eagles, and the Plainsmen. All yeah. three of them this weekend. Old Seven Dog. o'clock. Do we know if it's on the on ESPN or the Deuce? I believe it's on the Deuce. Okay. And next week, Kentucky is a seven forty-five kickoff. So we've got seven forty-five, seven o'clock this week, seven forty-five next week. A couple of good weeks of football in a row coming up. Everybody get excited to uh, get to campus earlier this week, set up on North Campus. Let's have a great day on Saturday, finish off the weekend with a big win against the Tigers, and uh, head out to church on Sunday morning. Old Dog, you with me? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, go to church on Sunday, but uh, do some praying on Saturday that the dogs pull out a victory. There you go. Dog fans, thanks for listening. Give us a call. Our phone number is 706 706- Three six three zero two one zero, or you can email us at dogcast at gmail dot com. That number again, by the way, new number seven zero six three six three zero two one zero. Give us a call and thanks for listening. Tell a friend. See you in Athens on Saturday. Go dogs.